Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Pop Health Week on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks is brought to you by Health Innovation Media. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, the producer and co-host of the show. And in the virtual studio today is my colleague, Fred Goldstein, principal co-host and co-founder here at Pop Health Week. Top of the hour to you, Fred. Top of the hour to you, and uh, great to talk to you today from uh, Washington, D.C., well, I'm excited for today's program. For those of you not familiar with Fred, he is a veteran healthcare executive and the president of Accountable Health LLC, a Jacksonville, Florida-based consulting firm. Fred serves on the editorial board of the Journal of Population Health Management and the Best Practices Review Panel for the Institute for Medicaid Innovations. He is a past chair and former board member of the Population Health Alliance. Fred is known on Twitter as at FS Goldstein. My background includes thought leadership and strategy consulting for hospitals, health systems, and physician-led ventures. I publish and principally author ACLWatch.com, HealthInnovationMedia.com, and PrecisionMedicine.Center. And now for today's special guest, Kim L. Martin. MBA. Kim helps lead efforts to ensure the success of WeGo Health Experts, a digital platform designed to bring the gig economy to healthcare. The DIY on-demand solution is a high-value, cost-effective, turnkey option for healthcare leaders to quickly identify and hire patient experts and influencers as freelance consultants. Diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, melanoma times two, and breast cancer, Kim leverages her 30-plus years of cancer survivorship expertise, 20-plus years of wellness practice, and 20-plus years of business development success to help lead Weagle Health. Kim is a nationally recognized patient expert, speaker, and leader named as one of the 15 disruptive women to watch in 2015. And with that grossly understated introduction to this talented, thoughtful, and dedicated woman, Fred, over to you. Help us get to know Kim and more about her work at WeGo Health. Thanks so much, Greg and Kim. It is indeed a pleasure to have you on today's show. Likewise. I'm, I'm thrilled to connect with you. Yeah, we met a couple of years ago, and I was just fascinated with your story and the work you were doing, can you sort of bring the audience up to see with how you, what you went through and how you got involved in this work? Sure. Yeah, it's hard to believe that it's been, I think, almost four years since we first connected. Um, so, yeah, my story, just in a, in a nutshell, uh, I'm a four-time cancer survivor, was initially diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma back when I was 17. So that was over 30 years ago. And... 
at the time, you know, I caught my diagnosis early. I delegated all my care because I didn't really understand the nature of cancer or even my body and health at the time. The only protocol available was radiation therapy. So I did my, you know, requisite 40 rounds and some additional surgery. And, you know, I'm here today. So thankfully, you know, the outcome was um, was positive. In my 20s, I started to develop moles in the area where I was radiated. So um, I suspected that there was a connection to the treatment. At the time, my, radi my radiation oncologist, um, because there was no real data to support my assumption, he didn't agree and basically said, you know, there was little evidence. And my comment was, well, I'm evidence, right? This is not normal for my family skin pattern. Right. I took it upon my, my own volition to go to a dermatologist, the first mole I ever had removed was, in fact, an evolving melanoma. So um, at the point of having that you know, second incision, the dermatologist was very clear in his response, um, telling me that if I didn't get a clear margin on the mole, that it would likely kill me. So you know, I'm in my 20s at this point and <laughs> learning now how to really engage in my care, right, because I have to take ownership of the late effects and um, issues that come from cancer treatment. In my 30s, um, after years of annual dermatology checks and self-checks, I found another mole that this mole was literally the size of a pinhead. And I went to my then dermatologist and said, I believe it's new, it's dark, and it's aggressive. And his response to me was, I don't think it's anything to worry about. So at that point, I insisted the mole be removed, and he called a week later to share that that mole was, in fact, melanoma. So I wondered often how many patients might have walked out of that appointment saying, well, okay, if you don't think it's anything to worry about, I won't worry about it. And it was at that point of my um, experience as a cancer survivor to, to take ownership of my care, to really be the one to make the decisions on what uh, treatment was right for me. And then in 2012, uh, in my 40s, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was at that point that I got the clinical confirmation I had suspected all along that the radiation treatment and follow-up um, radiation screenings were, in fact, the direct result of my two melanomas and my breast cancer. So having that information um, confirmed and having to consider chemotherapy now for that diagnosis, um, it was a lot to consider. Uh, I was, I'm a very holistic person by nature, so I started practicing food as medicine back in the 90s. My license plate on my car is Food RX because I really do believe it's the first prescription we should ever turn to um, for prevention as well as new diagnoses. And I was searching for alternatives to traditional care because, you know, here I am with three late effect diagnosis from radiation, I was very concerned about what my future might look like after chemo. And that was just from my personal experience. I was thankfully introduced to an herbalist who I've been working with for the last five years. He's in Oregon, specializes in oncology, and through uh, quarterly Skype consults, he actually helps monitor my health through simple blood tests. And I've been practicing an herbal and nutrition uh, protocol, as I said, for the last five years, and I'm doing fantastic. So in this case, for me, personalizing my care with the complementary and um, herbal approach was really right for me. And um, I also 
am a believer in there are three outcomes to the cancer experience. There are the two we always talk about, which is survivorship or unfortunately succumbing to the disease. And then there's the third, which is learning to live with cancer. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned very early on, you said that originally you delegated, you delegated it out, and, and then you took it upon yourself. What what changed and what made you feel comfortable to do that? Or what was missing originally that kept you from doing that? You know, it, it was the strong assumption that I had that the moles that I developed in my 20s were a result of the variable in my care, which is radiation. Because, you know, my genetic background is not one where members of my family have a lot of moles. And it was so um, concentrated in the area where I received treatment. So I had several moles um, in that area. So to me, it lined up. And I really wanted to start to take ownership of my care because I had several I shouldn't say several. I had a couple of other health conditions that stemmed from my initial diagnosis where, you know, I had my spleen removed, so I had to learn how to live immunocompromised. My thyroid um, stopped functioning two years later after treatment ended. So I had a couple of chronic illnesses and issues I needed to really take ownership of early on. And from there, it was just a matter of, okay, well, now the moles are another chronic issue I've got to keep tabs of. So it was just a natural evolution of how my body actually responded to the treatment that forced me to start engaging in my care differently. And so you began to trust your, your body and yourself, and you're, you're thinking that, hey, there's something here. Maybe the, the provider or the physician doesn't believe there's something going on or it's okay, and I, I sense that there's something else I'm going to get to work on it. Exactly, exactly, because, you know, having, you know, I have to live in my body every day, right? So I get to really understand it in a way that as much as my physicians understand the you know, medical physiology, they don't fully understand my personal experience. So I learned to start partnering with my physicians early on in my care, and in some cases, um, making the decision to, you know, select new providers, so I look at my healthcare now, 30-plus years later, almost as a business. Um, to, not to sound crude, but, um, you know, I, I hire and fire my practitioners based on the value of care, the quality of care, the relationship, and it's more um, meaningful to me than just showing up and having an appointment. There's a lot that I factor into the care that I receive. So it's interesting because providers now, patients are becoming more and more um, self-motivated, learning, finding the information, and going back to the providers, obviously, in a different way than they used to in the past. Mm-hmm. And the work you do now is around helping, um, serving as a, a patient expert to help providers or other groups better understand the patient experience or how to work with them. So can you talk a little bit about that and what you're sort of bringing forward from that perspective? I'm happy to. So um, what's interesting is my, my professional background was in business development. I used to sell technology solutions in a variety of different industries. And at one point, I stood up a consulting firm for a staffing agency that was selling IT consulting services um, at the time. So my background, being in sales and business development, um, I enjoyed it very much. But back in 2001, I stepped away um, to raise our son. And before I knew it, 10 years had passed. So it's 
very difficult to step back into a business development role in technology when you've missed 10 years. So as I was thinking about, you know, re-emerging into a career, I thought, how do I differentiate from the, from the other amazing salespeople in the industry? And what um, I had really figured as my um, niche was my cancer experience. So when you parlay my business background, and in that 10 years that I took off, I also got my master's, and then my, my deep well of expertise and wisdom around not just the cancer experience, but cancer survivorship, that became my toolkit to help industry really understand how to design and develop and market patient-centered solutions. Now, my sweet spot is oncology, but because I deal with other chronic illnesses as well and chronic issues, there are other areas of domain that I can really focus on and speak to to help the companies that are really trying to deliver value in those areas out to the patient and caregiver communities, I can help them accelerate their ability to do so. And so as Steve Cooper, you're working with various organizations, and, and we'll get into WeGo Health in a little bit. Um, what are some of the examples? I mean, you know, everyone's talked about patient engagement and they have these panels at the conference and I go to them, and oftentimes the panels have no patients on them, which is still seems to me a little stunning in today's world. Um, what sort of things are you bringing out to the, the, these groups to help them better understand what they need to do? Right. So working with WeGo, and I'm on staff with WeGo now, is has been a fantastic opportunity because they have, as an organization, for those who aren't familiar with WeGo, um, the company's been around for 10 years, and they've really been focused on the pharma side of healthcare. And primarily as a fabulous liaison organization to bring consumer insights back to the pharma clients for drug development, device development, um, patient panels, and, and other really strategic projects. WeGo has a patient leader network of 100,000 people. And in that network, over 150 different disease conditions are represented. So they have a very diverse and rich population of patient expertise to draw from. Now, within that network, there's a small percentage of folks that really are consultants, consultants who understand how to leverage not just their professional skills, whether it be in business or technology or even in healthcare, but how do they also integrate their personal experience uh, with a health condition or the role of a caregiver? So we've carved out this niche now, right, of this kind of dual capacity consulting role where people can bring both the patient expertise and the professional skills or simply professional skills to bear in healthcare. With the, the very large gap that exists between healthcare leaders trying to quickly identify and hire healthcare consultants who either have patient experience or not, we developed a digital platform to fill that gap. So now we have a solution that enables these healthcare leaders to very easily identify and hire consultants on demand as needed, but also with very highly in-demand skills. So patient expertise is in great demand with the initiatives across the industry that have to do with human-centered design, capturing the voice of the patient, um, whether it's on the technology development side, 
the care delivery side of healthcare. Um, there's so many consumer-facing initiatives going on. And that niche of expertise that our consultants can bring to bear as subject matter experts, whether it be in the health condition they have experienced or uh, other professional channels of expertise, we have had several clients, um, about over 70 clients to date, capitalize on this platform to leverage that expertise. So the platform launched in February, still very new, but we have over 350 experts on the platform ready and available and very eager to work in a freelance capacity with healthcare leaders. So I can give you several examples um, of how we've done so. Um, if you'd like, or that would be great. I yeah, can take a breath. Some examples, you know, I think some examples are fantastic because I was just about to say, you know, so somebody could go to wegohealth.com and then essentially begin to uh, look up an expert in an area maybe they want to work with on a, a patient process in a clinic or a disease area or something like that. So maybe some examples of, of where you've seen it used. Right. So the the best website would be wegohealthexperts.com. And, you know, our our folks on the platform are really subject matter experts and thought leaders. So to kind of keep them in the framework of the consulting role, I think will help um, industry really embrace kind of the work that they're doing. So we have several consultants who um, specialize in social media. So it can be social media influence. It can be social media design, content creation, um, campaigns. So these are your direct-to-consumer channels, and their subject matter expertise has been leveraged in ways where clients have hired these folks to do video campaigns. And in doing the video campaign, one was around the messaging of healthcare costs and the impact to patients with the rise of the costs on their quality of care, their quality of health, their financial health, and it was really to raise awareness of an issue and stimulate more conversation in that area. The client hired three of our experts. One expert had um, the conditions focus of HIV, another diabetes, and the third chronic pain. So you had three major categories of health condition that were represented in this video campaign. And the client was beyond thrilled with the results. And our experts our consultants go above and beyond because they really care about the nature of the work being done. So we had experts also do media interviews for them as well and really um, pushed the videos through their social channels um, very significantly to, to, again, expand the reach of the content they created. We had another client hire subject matter experts for product design and development, and they brought two of our experts on site for a one-day workshop to work with their design team and their development team in the area of rheumatoid arthritis. And at the end of the day, they had developed a prototype of a solution that would integrate with Amazon's Alexa. So that was a, a project the client expressed uh, feedback saying that they could have never accomplished what they had done without the integration of our consultants bringing that expertise um, from both the product design development aspect, but certainly the RA experience as well. And we have other experts that specialize and uh, focus in market research, so helping aggregate consumer insights, excuse me. 
So we've had clients hire our subject matter experts um, and consultants to basically, one expert was hired to project manage the recruitment and scheduling of 24 patient and caregivers who had a rare disease called Gaucher's disease. And the goal was to set one-hour video interviews and capture the insights for a marketing agency to then aggregate for their pharma client. And because our consultant had the condition herself, she was able to sit in for the only one of her recruits who had a last-minute cancellation. And at the end, our, our client still got the full 24 uh, rounds of feedback that they were looking for. And they, they had shared that that project alone cut their recruitment fees uh, by 60%. So leveraging the consultants on our platform, they are very cost effective. Um, they earn market rate for their skills, but the market rate they earn is far below the average market rate for um, more of the management consulting uh, capacity that healthcare tends to hire uh, consultants. So I can tell you for that project, our expert earned um, several thousand dollars. I, I don't want to be specific. For the RA project, <laughs> right. both of our experts both earned um, each over a couple of thousand dollars. And in the third project, the experts each earned um, within the range of you know a couple thousand dollars each. So these are really modest investments that the companies made. And I will tell you the return on those investments was far beyond what they um, expected. And they have continued to come back and leverage the platform for further projects. Yeah, those are great. So, so as you pointed out, there's the, the expert side of this, uh, which is actually, I guess, the experts.wegohealth.com is, um, right. is the folks who have business acumen or some sort of expertise in that area and combine it with their, 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 their disease and their knowledge of that, living with that disease. And then the others are patient advocates that can also, I guess, be accessed if a group was looking to get it, uh, if an organization was looking to talk to those types of individuals, maybe not to bring them in to help with a project in the way an expert would. Exactly. So WeGo Health has a team. It's called our solutions team, and that's the um, the group that would help clients leverage reaching into the larger patient leader network to aggregate consumer insights. So it's sort of a concierge model, if you will, whereas the platform is designed to be the DIY, do-it-yourself solution for healthcare leaders to, to really um, efficiently identify and collaborate with the consultants who may or may not have patient expertise, actually. We do have several consultants on the platform who are experts in healthcare. Um, they mm-hmm. focus in data analytics and system improvement, process improvement. Uh, we have uh, some medical professionals as well who are very business-focused. So the platform is really expanding to become an overall healthcare consulting platform. And we do have the benefit, though, of the added um, capacity to provide consultants who have that patient and caregiver level of expertise as well. And so someone just, uh, uh, an organization just needs to go, I guess, and then log in and begin doing a search that I assume uh, is structured in some way to help them find the right individuals in this? It's very easy. So the platform is designed to be uh, in, 
supremely intuitive. So a client would just quickly create a client profile, and in doing so, they can then um, access, they can gain access to a, a view of the experts, um, a limited view of the experts, so they can get a, a sense of the capabilities and the caliber um, of the people on the platform. They can search the expert's skill set by their professional background or their health condition or both. Uh, we also have a geographical search if they needed to find experts uh, more local. And we also, because WeGo has that patient leader network behind us, um, if a client gets on the platform and doesn't seek exactly the fit of expertise they're looking for, it's not a problem because we are one maybe two degrees of separation away from the consultants that they need that that client would need to be talking to. So we're very well positioned to quickly respond and um, help facilitate recruitment beyond the platform as needed. Um, clients would then, when they have a project, they would post the project details. It's an online form they complete. It's very straightforward with the basic information you would expect um, as far as the scope of work, time frame, budget, any NDAs and so forth that they might want to include. And then all the hiring of the experts and vetting of the experts is done through the platform. And at the end of the project, the experts invoice the clients and payment is processed electronically as well. We as an organization handle all of the financial reporting for the client, so there's really no, um, re there's no need for their organization to worry about filing the W-9s at, at the end of the year and so forth. So. That's that's fantastic. So, uh, you know, a couple of thoughts here. Cause I'm thinking of, you know, you talked about some examples, maybe on the development of an app or the development of a or or, or some uh, drug product and trying to do a marketing or outreach campaign or gather insights. Um, I, I'm thinking even back to you know in my population health and disease management days. So we developed these programs, but didn't necessarily bring in. This is my fault. You have to go pay patients or those living with the disease in to help us build that. And so they always morphed over time because they would get some feedback about this or feedback about that. So this is really hard to kind of solve that problem up front. Do you see more um, mainstream providers versus pharma and tech beginning to look at this? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my, what I love about my role with WeGo is to help scale the platform into the uh, the broader areas of healthcare too, with health systems and HIT and startups and payers, um, academia. I mean, I'm talking to some state departments of health um, right now mm -hmm. about some potential um, public health campaigns. Exactly to your point, and these are campaigns that would be um, multifaceted. So these would be consultants who can help with you know social media distribution of the work that's being done, but also content creation, the PSAs potentially that would be submitted out mm -hmm. to the communities, and exactly right um, to your point. There are, there are many, many um, opportunities to leverage experts that we haven't tapped yet um, across the yeah, industry. Let me, throw, let me throw you one and just, and just see what you think. I'm okay. thinking of, just as a simple one, a 30-day re-admit program that you're trying to set up to influence a group of seniors, you know, and to keep them from being readmitted and deciding whether, you know, how you're going to run that program, whether or not you can put in home monitoring devices. Could you put a group together to kind of walk through that type of a situation? Yes, absolutely. We do have experts that focus on the geriatric side of care and that are plugged into those communities. 
And you know, the consultants on our platform really are, um, in many cases, very well leveraged in the communities that the client is trying to serve. So they understand the broader trends and issues within those communities. They are often linked to um, key organizations that address those health concerns or patient need. And they are your best liaison to work with your organization as well as represent the larger population that you're trying to reach and also coordinate with organizations in that space as well. So you can think of them as your kind of key um, liaison and direct-to-consumer channel and they will bring greater insights than just their own personal experience because of the lens they have, the broader lens they have across that um, area of specialty or health condition need. So yeah, absolutely. Well, would would love to talk to you more about that. That's, I mean, thank you so much for, for your time, Kim. It's a pleasure to get you on, and I really appreciate the work you're doing, obviously through Wego Health, but also the work you're doing out there you know, in the public on your own experiences and talking about these things. It's really fantastic. So thank you for all thank you're doing. Thank you, Fred, very much. This was such a pleasure, and I will look forward to uh, catching up with you again soon. Looking forward to seeing you. But that'll be and, that'll have, and that'll have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I want to thank my co-host, Fred Goldstein, for his thoughtful engagement of the talented Kim L. Martin and Kim for her time and generous insights today. Do follow Kim's work at WeGo Health via www.wegohealth.com and on Twitter via at Kim L. Martin. And finally, if your hospital, health system, physician, venture, or healthcare conference is in the market for social media support, including content development, curation, engagement, or amplification by subject matter experts, ping me on Twitter via at 2 healthguru or email greg at healthinnovationmedia.com with two G's, Greg. Until we meet again on Pop Health Week for Fred Goldstein, this is Greg Masters saying bye now. the sound.